Hey there, welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in incredible conversations with amazing leaders in ministry and ministry partners as we encourage and challenge one another to live fully into what God is calling us to be. Each episode will dig into three questions. One, what is hard about being a woman leading in ministry? Two, what is one transformational or even trajectory-changing lesson you've learned about leadership? And three, what does it mean to you to lead bold? Well, we are so excited for today's guest for this episode. We are chatting with Phoebe Jew, the CEO of Celebrate You Coaching. Phoebe is an ACC certified coach with the International Coaching Federation, and she really specializes in career and life work. And her passion is, is definitely for empowering those who are in the margins, those who are often unseen and unrepresented or unadvocated for. Um, her current role as the CEO of CYC has afforded her the opportunity to really lead while still Still having her boots on the ground. Phoebe is definitely a champion for a community, and we're so pumped to have you guys connect with her on our podcast today. In this episode, Erin and I share our conversation with Phoebe Jew, and let's just say she has some incredible and unique insights. We talked a little bit about what it is to get out from under traditional expectations that are put on women. I'm guessing many of you can relate. And we talk about the power of community, especially a community of women. And you know here at Lee Bold, we hold that in high regard. She's all about helping others bring out what God's put in them, and she's very much into celebrating you, which you'll find out more about in our episode. Enjoy our talk with Phoebe Jew. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Lead Bold podcast. I'm here with Aaron Seth. Hello, Aaron. Hey guys, good to see you again. I always find myself wanting to add like an adjective to you, like my amazing co-host, my, but then I feel like that sounds so weird. So I'm just going to not do that. I mean, you, no, you stand I alone, that. just your name. Oh, thank you. It's like, you know, Prince, Madonna, Aaron. Yeah, it's Aaron, good. yeah good enough. no, a hundred percent. You're at that level in my life anyway. <laughs> uh, we're so thrilled to get to be here with Phoebe Jew. Hey, Phoebe, welcome. Hey, 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 it's good to be here. Uh, you know, one of the things I love about the Lead Bold community is just learning from one another and meeting new people who you find out like, oh, wait, we both know the same person or, you know, we're kind of, we overlap in these worlds. So Phoebe, I know you and I haven't gotten to know each other too much, but so excited to have you as part of the Lead Bold community. I know that you are like a firecracker and <laughs> so excited to get to talk about your thoughts on leadership and ministry today. Um, I know our listeners heard sort of your official bio, but can you just share with us a little bit about um, Celebrate You Coaching? And I want, I don't know, do you, do you refer to it as a ministry? I don't know. Tell us a little bit about your heart there. Yeah, well, we, we consider ourselves a nonprofit a 501c3 because we worked hard for those letters and letter and numbers. Yes. And all those parentheses. <laughs> Why are all the parentheses in there? It's so annoying. Exactly. And um, yeah, we, we wanted to be a nonprofit because we wanted to reach all people. We wanted to give access and um, availability. And so what we do is we provide life and career coaching to young adults and 
these days, a lot of the young adults that are in the greatest need are young parents. So I would say currently we work with a lot of young parents who are in transition and whether that is they are out of work, trying to find work or trying to find a different lifestyle that is more fitting for them, whatever it is to give them a voice and a platform for them to live in a way that's sustainable. That's really our mission. And so we, we, um, we just have a passion to work with people who are looking for meaning and purpose. That's awesome. Where did that come from in you? Like, did you always sort of want to come alongside somebody who is struggling or just kind of in that transition? Where did that come from in you? Yeah, I used to be an elementary school teacher. And um, it's funny because I'm actually returning back to teaching again. Um, But when I was teaching, I would notice that kids would have certain lack of skills and let's say social and emotional development. And it wasn't something that the school would prioritize, which I understand because it's about the academics, you know, but I found myself really drawn to those areas and wanting the kids to know how to have better conflict resolution, how to be a critical thinker, how to communicate well with friends or, or non-friends at recess. And these things that, you know, aren't taught in school. And then I would, a lot of times these kids would be, let's say, the the problem kids. And we would bring in the parents. And it would be at the parent conferences that I would almost see like they were like the mini-me of those parents. And so then my heart went to the parents. And the parents um, having those conversations of how to communicate and how to have tough conversations how to evaluate their behavior, not in like a demeaning way, but just in a more reflective and introspective way. I just, I love that stuff so much. And in fact, one of the greatest joys I had working at, working as a teacher was developing relationships with parents, you know, because as you can change the parents' thoughts and behaviors and actions, then this, the kids' behaviors are, are, are being modeled by the parents and they change too. And so that really is kind of where it all came from was outside of what's in the box. Does that make sense? <laughs> totally. I I love that you are able to look back and recognize that drive in you and that piece that God was pulling your attention toward those students that otherwise maybe, you know, kind of are on the sidelines um, and then being able to recognize the investment in the next generation up is huge. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of patience though, right? It's a, (laughs) it's shifting the boat. (laughs) It does. And, and especially, you know, as we're a nonprofit, we do work with underserved um, families. A lot of these families come from low income communities and they don't have the resources. So the way I put it is that, a lot of people can find meaningful careers, but a lot of other people can't because they live in almost similar to a food desert, like a career desert, where their jobs are the same and it's a dead end job. They can't they can't get promoted. They can't find anything that will utilize their skills and strengths so they don't try. They're not motivated to be excellent. And so it's this vicious cycle. And um I feel like the career deserts really is 
detrimental to families who want to thrive and to flourish and to be sustainable. And so that's where the nonprofit came in was that all of our work is done through sponsorships. So I know people can't see it, but if there's like us over here and the other people here, it's like creating that bridge, you know? And so that's where Celebrate Others comes in. And that's where um, all of our donors provide essentially 90% of the funds for the coaching for these parents to get to the place where they want to be. I think it's so amazing, just the concept in general of being such an advocate for the community. Um, in my personal life, I work in HR and talent acquisition. And so um, I know how hard it can be when organizations don't necessarily intentionally seek out those who are underserved. And it reminds me so much of like what we see in scripture when it's like, there's that one sheep, right? There's that person who needs help. There's that person who needs assistance. And we could just as well stay within a community that makes sense, that doesn't see people the way God sees people. And I love that your organization steps in as such a reflection of our God and saying, it's important that all are seen. It's important that all are given a chance. It's important that everyone has an advocate and knows how valued they are. So really jazzed about what you and your organization are doing. I think it's incredible. Erin, I think we need to get like a um, sound clips and then we can insert like audience applause or something. You know what I mean? Like a cheering and we can be like, push the button, cheer. I want to snap, but that doesn't really translate on a, on a podcast. I, I was going to say, I'll see if I can get us one of those like disc jockey things where you get like a slide yeah. whistle and like a, like yeah. a foghorn. Like, yeah. I'll work I feel on like it. that would, that would really enhance the conversation. I was like waiting for Andrea to say something super touching and then I'm like, yes. Oh my. No, no, that's not how this works, Phoebe. I, um, I definitely, that's not, that's not often. But um, anyway, just know that we are applauding you, even though you don't hear it. Um, And one of the things that I so much value in, in community is to learn from one another and learn from one another's stories and experiences. So um, we're going to jump into our three questions that we always ask. And um, just this first one of like, Phoebe, as you look back on your story and your journey, what has been something that's been difficult being someone who is doing the work that God has called you to do, especially as a woman. So can you share a little bit about that with us? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I grew up in the church and I've always been surrounded by children. And I don't know about you, but I think those who grow up in the church who are surrounded by children naturally become Sunday school teachers. <laughs> and I remember... I, I was such a hardcore Sunday school teacher that, and I haven't told anyone this in like 20 years, but I got a certificate. Like I was certified as a Sunday school teacher. I remember the program had like books and I had to attend this little conference for the day. And my mom dropped me off and I like got this certificate. Yeah, it was this whole thing. And I guess what I'm trying to say was I was so serious about it and I cared so much. So by the time I was like 14 or 15, I was teaching full Sunday school classes. And I think that's when I started to see the challenge was because after a while, I wanted to do a little bit more. You know, I wanted to maybe work with like the youth pastor or I wanted to help 
coordinate maybe a trip. And I already started to, and of course I was super young at that time, but I could just see like, no, just stay Friday nights and do this thing and, and you're great. And I was thinking, okay, well, I'm in high school, so this makes sense. And let's say 10 years later, you know, I'm, I'm in the same, I'm in the same position. I'm much older and I'm still called to do Sunday school. And not that there's anything wrong with Sunday school. I would say that I made the best of that time learning how, because I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted in the class. And that really kind of maybe is the reason why I became a teacher later, because I had all these skills that I had developed. But what I felt like is I was in a cage, you know, and in this cage, I couldn't, I couldn't learn anything else. And I wasn't allowed to do anything else other than maybe eventually lead worship for vocals like once a month or something. But I think that that's kind of been my experience. And that's so hard for me to share because I, I, um, I value, I value um, the church and I value leadership. But I think as a woman, a lot of times the highest position we can get is like children's ministry director, you know? And if you think about it, my friend was saying, if I feel like I'm getting super controversial here, I'm going to get canceled. I'm totally going to get canceled. Um, is that if like, if, if, if for women, the highest position is children's ministry director at a church, then they should be paid or compensated the same amount as a senior pastor. If that is the highest position. Right. And when my friend said that to me, I was like, oh, how could you say that? Like, that's so blasphemous. But I went home and I and I sat on it. And, and we believe in a God who's so big, who can tackle these really hard questions and who is not easily offended like most people, even myself, you know. And so I just sat on that and I just thought, you know, whether it's 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 finances or whatever, I, I do think that as women, and and I'm I'm also Asian. So being an Asian woman particularly, there are times when I feel like I'm it's not even a glass ceiling because I don't even reach a glass ceiling, but it's just like I'm put into a box and I better stay neat and organized. And, and that's actually a very kind of Asian mentality is like you stay quiet, you work hard, you don't make any waves, you know? And um, so that's cultural too. But yeah, I just felt like for a lot of life in ministry, I was put in a box. You know, I think so many of us who were starting to feel some leadership gifting early on, um, young, like you said, and we're in the church, of course we do children's ministry because that's all we're old enough to do. You know, like you said, when you're 14, 15, that's who you can lead because that's the only people younger than you. And then we get a little bit older and we start to, um, some of us start to be ready for the next age group or the next bigger thing like you. Some totally stay called to that kids. And of course, so thankful to them, like you were saying. But for those of us that move beyond that, depending on our church context, our family context, um, even just our um, you know community context in, in outside of the church, it really determines whether or not often we are quote unquote allowed to move mm. into that. I think your experience of feeling a little bit of that um, resistance from other people to let you do that is something that 
a lot of us have experienced. Phoebe, did you see, like, did you have um, uh, boys or young men who were alongside you that you saw them being invited into these other places? And what was that like? Oh, completely, you know, and, and, and not just, I mean, they were boys, you know, there was a lot of, I think as women, we have to be very, like, elegant in our leadership, you know, and, and I think that sometimes as, as, um, as boys or as men, there could be this casualness. And so I remember thinking, some people would just roll in, and they would be late or whatever. And it was not a big deal. But if I came in late, or if I came in laughing and being loud, then I was seen as irresponsible. And I'm like triggered right now, because I haven't thought about those moments in a while. But it's true. You know, I think the standards are really different. And nothing is spoken. I think that's what's the hard part, you know? I think there's this expectation, exactly like you said, where there are still many church communities and groups out there who fall into a very traditional gender roles expectation where like, you know, they compartmentalize what women are allowed to do at the church or what what is more natural for a woman to do in the church. Um, And it's so tough because like, not only is it something that like is definitely an unfortunate societal like tension, but it also like starts to breed even like a weird like imposter syndrome in yourself that like never should have existed, right? Like you feel the Lord has called you to this. You feel a confidence in what God is putting on your heart. And when you're seeing that, like you're seeing the push of community or like societal expectations against a very strong call from God. And then you're just stuck in this space of like, I'm seeing that I'm not allowed, quote unquote, or able to step into new things, but I feel this push so strong from the Lord. Um, and, and finding the balance in that is such a delicate and difficult thing, especially as a woman and even more so as a woman in your position, who's a woman of color, who steps into kind of even balance again, this third layer of a kind of cultural aspect. So yeah, yeah, you're preaching to, I think a lot of ladies who would be listening to this, who feel, who feel this difficulty and who have seen. Um, I love that you asked that question, Andrea, because I do think a lot of us who have worked in the church and have, who are the people who show up on time and who give our all to this, see sometimes often another person pursued, maybe, you know, potentially because they are male versus just because they're actually equipped, right? And if I could add to that, I think just having different opinions or insights into like, oh, what if we did it this way, you know, and then later on being honestly rebuked and using that one verse that everyone always uses, you know, what verse I'm talking about, where the women need to stay quiet, which it was, it was taken out of context too, right? Because if you look at, if you actually do a Bible study on that, it's not really just about that. And Mm -hmm. so um, I think feeling that as a woman, if I was to speak up and, and give suggestions, that was wrong. But if a, a guy was to do that and grabbed a burger with like the the leadership, it's like totally chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to, to, to talk about that because I know when we were talking before we started recording about um, 
even this second question of like, kind of what have you learned? What has been a big takeaway? I know that collaboration for you, especially among women or people willing to give equal voice to everyone is, is something that's made an impression on you and that you have tried to nurture in your own community that you lead. And I, and it's interesting to hear how it comes from having, well, I'm not saying it comes from that, but I'm sure that having that stifled, having your input stifled either overtly or, um, uh, you know, more subliminally probably has played into your ability to be an advocate for nurturing that collaboration. Um, Can you talk a little as we kind of move into the second question of like, what has been a shift or a learning um, when it comes to being a leader? Can you talk a little bit about that and how you have sort of tried to be an advocate for everybody's voice? Certainly. That's one of my favorite things to talk about is, is, coming together, sticking together as women. So I could share an example. So I remember being in um, a leadership position where uh, we weren't allowed to do anything other than work with the women, which is also not a surprise, right? (laughs) And um, I decided to get the women together and to start um, an outside group just called, I think it was called women of the word, but it wasn't necessarily reading the Bible. It was the Bible and other things, and we can invite other people. And it's just more like enriching our literacy. And we were at the Berkeley campus at the time too. And so, um, so we, I, I first just gathered a couple women and eventually this thing just got big because women were excited. And it was one of those things where we're kind of unstoppable. Like we had so much fun together and we were building this community that the men honestly almost started something like men in the word. Like it wasn't even very original, you know? And, and I think that's just very telling of the power of women in social networks and saying how men, if they have a target, like they need to go blast through the wall. They would just, they would just push through, but women, they have almost like a spider web of connections that they could get that same wall taken down, but in a different way. And I think that that's the power of collaborating with women, which is like the power of what lead bold, you know, represents and can bring. And I already see, and that's why I'm such a believer of this ministry and this um, organization as well, because we are, we are fierce. And I think that'll lead to the next question. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, it's so true. I love that visual of the web, you know, just the, the strength of a, a thousand small connections and different ways to look at things and the power and strength in that. I mean, absolutely. Like I, one of the things with lead bold is that I want women to be able to come and to bring what they bring. And I know that it multiplies our strength and our affirmation of one another. Uh, Absolutely. Um, I was, uh, I was taught, I was on a call like before this and uh, Nancy Ortberg was on it, who is a friend of, of lead bold. And she just, you know, she just throws out these nuggets and you're like, Oh wow, that's life changing. And so she (laughs) said that her favorite definition of leadership 
uh, which uh, wasn't, she doesn't even remember where she heard it, but just over her years of leadership is creating a way for people to contribute to make something extraordinary happen. And I love that because it ties in just the contribution that women make. And then when that is multiplied um, across a community of women, I think what your experience, Phoebe, has been is that extraordinary things happen when you create space for that. Yeah. Yeah. And just to testify to our Celebrate You coaching, we're mostly made up of women and women of color. And so in the past, and this is something I'm still working through, was I remember um, before, right at the get-go of starting this organization, I was having a conversation with a colleague, and I'll be super candid here and transparent. I said, I don't like the fact that I'm young, that I'm Asian, and I'm female. I think those all work against me, right? And if you think about it, it can, and it has, and I have experienced that a lot, actually. But what my colleague said to me was, you know, I see all those as assets. You know, I see all those as gifts. And um, I think it really didn't hit me until the movement, and I'm sad to say it didn't hit me until that sad move, uh, the tragedy that happened with the spas and then this hashtag movement of stop Asian hate and Asian excellence and um, all of these things that started to show me like I need to be proud of who I am and how I look and how I speak and how I act and that those are all honorable things. And um, yeah, and, and I think that in our team especially, that's something I've had to model for for our team. And our team is going to the Lead Bold Conference. So I'm really about that. Yeah. All the sound effects would be. Oh, yeah, great sound right effects, now. sound effects. <laughs> and even for them to say, hey, I'm a leader that deserves to be invested in. Um, I think that that is kind of a new thing for for people like us. And um but it's new. And, and I would say it's, it's not in the last like five years that I've started to embrace who I really am and how God's made me, you know? And I think that also makes us question God when we don't love our ethnicity or our, our just how our makeup, you know? So the more we lean in to the ways that God has made us, then the more we can we could see and celebrate ourselves and each other. That's so interesting. I think that I love, I love to see such a powerful group of women collaborating. I think it's really like, it's such an inspiration. There's no other word for it, at least in my book that like, it's incredibly admirable. And what I think is powerful is that like in an organization like yours that is led by women, but also caters to not only women, but men and families and children it's it's always incredible to see that when when we not only like work on being advocates for other women but then use that that style of leadership the empathetic quality of women leadership to then invest in male counterparts like we see them get an opportunity to thrive from what that leadership can look like i've had situations where like i've worked in all female teams 
and we bring in like uh, a younger like male counterpart who's like there to grow and they have come back over and over again to say like I had never really worked under female leadership and I see why it is so important that female leadership exists um and so that amen to that (laughs) that 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 change of perspective and I do think it's so important that like not not that there's exclusivity, but because women need so need so much advocacy, especially women of color, but that it affords, especially in your ministry and in your nonprofit, to not only be an incredible advocate for female leadership, but to see the effects of how those actions can improve and can still assist a male counterpart who might not even be ready or prepared mm-hmm. for how it will change his heart and how God will work through that style of leadership to soften sometimes what is more, you know, maybe transactional or like tactical male leadership. So I think it's really awesome. I'm like, I'm going to get my girls to listen to this after this. (laughs) Yes. Well, and so much, even just the name of your nonprofit celebrate you, you know, (laughs) coaching, like, like it's so much is that through line of everything you bring, even if your false narrative tells you that it is a liability because you're young, because you're a woman, because you're a woman of color, uh, that it truly is a, a strength that you bring. And, and I think we need more of those communities that affirm that and build into that. So thank you for what you're doing. Um, We just have a few minutes left, but we never want to leave our conversation without just throwing out the very broad question of like to you, Phoebe Jew, what does it mean to lead bold? Yeah, I think that's such a great question because it's something that is so hard to do and you can make it so complex. And yet it can be so simple. So the way I would say, I would say to jump first, fear later. Um, when you leap bold, you are with abandon. You just you just go for it, you know? And I think about kids that jump into the pool and how they're not even, like for me, I need to like dip my toes in and kind of sit and then like pat it on my shoulder. <laughs> Ease into it. Figure out yeah. what you can control. Yeah. Go get a snack and come back, <laughs> you know, take a picture. And and these kids, they just get into their swimsuit and they just jump and they just launch themselves into the water. It's It could be freezing cold, but they don't care. And then they're just so, there's this joy that comes when they come out of the water. And they could be diving in really beautifully like a dolphin or they could like belly flop. But most of the time, the kids just have fun, you know, and it reminds me of scripture and how Jesus calls us to be like children. And I think children are such an example of of being bold. You know, I think about kids who are in war torn countries and you see their pictures and they're just smiling. They're happy. You know, there's this joy that. I can't explain because I wouldn't have that, but that's boldness. And I think as women who are in leadership, you know, we may jump into this water that is very cold. We may belly flop into it, you know, Um, but we do it with joy and we do it with this boldness of saying, you know what, I'm going to do it first and then I'll, I'll fear later. I'll figure it out later because I have that right? That spider web of women of connection that's going to catch me later, 
And so that's, that's how I would define it. Yeah. That is so cool. And I think, you know, I think one of the reasons sometimes that we don't do that is because we have this ingrained sense that we have to get people's approval or permission, or is anybody going to be mad if I do this? You know, we've been often taught to be nice, um, compliant people. And so, you know, before we leap, we spend all this time like checking with everybody and it's a trust issue, right? It's trusting. Like if God put this vision in me, even if I don't even see it clearly, I'm going to jump and trust. Um, so I, yeah, I love that. That's such a great picture, especially at summertime. We're seeing kids jump. In. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we always like on every episode, we have this like running gag that we like come up with like a name of a book for our guest. And like, I can't think of a better one for you, Phoebe, than like, Jump First, Fear Later by Phoebe James. Also, you have to write that book. That's the other, that's in the small print on the contract is you now have to go write that book. So, you know. Well, I did read that somewhere. So someone wrote that. I can't. Someone did. (laughs) Well, it's a, it's an empowering um, concept. And what I think we see you doing in your world, Phoebe, and what we're trying to do in Lead Bold is to create that safe place where when we jump um, and there's a learning curve that goes with it, that we have people to come alongside and help walk that with us and not judge and just be learners together, mutual learners. Um, and, it, and it gives us the freedom to jump even when it doesn't work out the way we thought. And that's so powerful. Well, thank you. I mean, this podcast was a little bit of that jumping. <laughs> so thank you for that opportunity. Well, we are so glad. Thank you for spending time with us. Let us know when your your book, Jump First, Fear Later, comes out. And yeah. otherwise, we will see you at the conference. And just blessings on all that you're doing, Phoebe. Thanks for being with and us. And with our team, too. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Wonderful. Right. Thanks, Thanks so much, everybody. Phoebe. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Wow, such powerful words from Phoebe Dew. Jump first, fear later. Don't you love it? I know that's easier said than done, but isn't it incredible to see what God can do when we lean into what he's calling us to? If you'd like to know more about Celebrate You Coaching, you can find them at celebrateyoucoaching.com. Or if you'd like to learn more about Lead Bold, we'd love that you go to our website as well, leadingbold.org, where you can find out a ton of information about our upcoming conference in fall, September 10th through the 11th, 2021. Friday at 7 p.m. is when we kick things off. Gosh, it's a weekend that is just so rich in community and wisdom and opportunities to meet with the Lord and see what he might have to share with you um, and what he might be calling you to in the next season. So join us and find out more at leadingbold.org. See you next time.